Das ist noch offen, ja, finde ich gut. Nee, machen wir überlegen in aller Ruhe. Ja. Brilliant, brilliant defending. But what was Hamels doing in the first place? Watch this. Will Cross and a half. No. Not at all for me. And Sancho's just done it for pace. and welcome to episode 281 of the yellow world pod and this is an emergency podcast today wednesday june 19th borussia dortmund announced that pending a medical mats hummels will rejoin borussia dortmund from bayern munich he joined the evil empire in 2016 and after a three-year champions league less spell he returns to the westfalen stadion at the fee of 30 million and 500,000 euros to pip Andre Schöler's infamous record fee and bonuses of, I would say, 7.5 million amounting to 38 million. So these are the details. Mats Hummels apparently signs a three-year deal with Dortmund and is now back. And for that, to discuss these uh, news is Matthias Zuck. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing? Hello, Stefan. I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm fairly fine. It's uh, a nice sunny day in Philadelphia, minus the torrential shower we just had for a couple of minutes. And also here, Mr. Lars Poyman. Hello, Lars. How are you doing? Hello, Stefan. I'm also fairly fine. <laughs> I assumed so. So, um, yeah, without any further ado, Lars, give me your first reaction. I think you wrote for Fußball.news in German that uh, Dortmund are now almost obliged to win the title. Yeah, with a question mark, I would say that. I mean going by what we know about the two teams that are really in question i think in in everybody's opinion uh, those two being dortmund and bayern given what we know about those two clubs as of uh, the time of this recording i would say with with some level of confidence that dortmund have done more to earn the status of favorites for next season than bayern have so far Obviously, that's bound to change with uh, Bayern only having something like 16 outfield players in their squad for next season. That includes some, you know, 19-year-old talents that aren't going to be a factor for the first team. So naturally, uh, there's going to be some change to, you know, the, the status or whatever. But as of right now, I would say that Dortmund are looking very good and very strong to be perhaps even favorites when the season starts. So that's not uh, not only down to, to Hummels, obviously, but that that's kind of uh, the the signal that might spark, you know, more talk of Dortmund as serious, serious title contenders. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in what you think about that, Matthias, um, because last... Uh, so <laughs> nicely wrote, uh, Dortmund can finish second without Mats Hummels, as they proved last season. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Dortmund went from win very, win the title very soon to win the title now. Um, if you look at obviously the likes of Azar Brandt, Schulz, they still have a few more, few more years in them. Uh, Mats Hummels now at 30 has a few less years in him. Um, I I see it the same as Lars in the sense that 
you know, now you're going into it. Obviously, in my opinion, Bayern is Bayern is kind of like the New York Yankees. Uh, I believe they're going to win the title until they mathematically cannot win the title until they're eliminated. And um, and and as such, to me, Bayern are still the one A favorites, but Bayern are say the one A minus. <laughs> so it's at this point, as the way things stand right now, I would put them. Almost on a dead heat when you look at the talent on paper uh, with Dortmund now, um, as Lars alluded to, uh, Dortmund having more depth now, which is really odd thing to say, and not just depth, more quality depth. So I have a few other positions that I'd like to see, um, maybe, I mean, maybe one or two more players. But other than that, uh, the quality is there, the depth is there, and... Obviously, Mats Hummels brings uh, a little bit more Stahlgeruch with him than, say, Boateng would have. Uh, and I was not a fan of the, the Boateng rumors, um, but I was uh, very surprised by what transpired in the last six days. Yeah, certainly. Um, Lars, what do you think are the implications for Mats Hummels now in, in terms of how he tries to mend the relationship between a lot of Dortmund fans who I think no doubt uh, still feel the hurt let's say there are I'm, I'm sure a couple of heartbroken fans within the stadium uh, I think you wrote something along the lines of uh, Mats Hummels might be the first player to be booed in uh, both uh, by both sets of fans in the Super Cup um I think communication is uh, of the essence at, at this moment. Uh, what do you think Mats Hummels should do to regain the hearts apart from obviously sporting success? Honestly, whenever these kinds of situations happen, I'm more of a you know less is more kind of guy. I would prefer him not give too many interviews. Uh, don't try to do too much in in terms of mending this somewhat broken relationship even though i think there are equally as many people who are absolutely thrilled he's coming back because obviously he was such a pivotal part of such a successful team uh so i would like for him you know i mean there's going to be some kind of statement upon his return when once it's official after medical checkups and everything once the the i's are dotted and the the t's are crossed and whatever but you know after that maybe try to lay low don't make this about yourself uh and and generally just try to avoid you know explaining yourself all the time i mean uh, i'm always of the opinion that seeing as these players only have uh, at best something like 17 or 18 years as professionals they are you know very much free to do whatever they want with their careers and you know him coming back to Dortmund kind of means something also uh, because it's not a situation like uh, for example Nuri Shahin who was an absolute flop at Real Madrid and didn't really get a foot on the ground at FC Liverpool I mean him or his return was about him not having you know found success elsewhere Hummels was still a regular starter at Bayern and even though his uh, prospects for the next season were a bit more murky after the arrival of Lucas Hernandez and Benjamin Pavard. I mean, he still, I think it's fair to say, would have played a fairly large role at Bayern, but he still chose to come back to Dortmund. So that tells you something about what he feels uh, for this club. So, I mean, the, the, the problem is obviously that Hummels was never 
a camera shy guy. I mean, he, after pretty much every game, he's the first to storm into the mix zone, or at least he was at Dortmund back in the day. Uh, I think uh, teammates somewhat jokingly called him Klassensprecher, which is, I don't know the the uh, English equivalent, but, you know, class speaker, if that makes sense. Uh, so I, th I think he's not going to do what I would like for him to do, and that is just lay low and, and let the football do the talking, basically. Shut up and play is what Lars says in a shorter version. Um, M Matthias, I kind of want to hook on onto that. And I want to ask you, um, where do you see Mats Hummels performance wise? I mean, he has paired off a little bit in, in terms of pace, but I, uh, took the liberty to listen to the Mirzan Rot emergency podcast, which aired a day or two ago. And, uh, they said that he was definitely the man of the match in the, in the cup final and, uh, the almost sole source of creativity because they don't really see much coming from the Bayern central midfield. So they, They actually view it quite negative that he is leaving. So in, in light of that, uh, how do you think he will fit in on in, into that Dortmund team from a sporting perspective? Well, I think a lot of people uh, remember when Jaden Sancho completely blew past him early in the season. <laughs> uh, but I would say that's probably still a little bit of... People will actually hear that in the intro. Yeah. I, I will... Uh edit this in later <laughs> but i think that was also a byproduct still of you know world cup hangover as it were uh for Mats Hummels, which is something he's not going to have to worry about anymore going forward uh which is actually very good for both him and dortmund to be honest um as far as where he fits in sporting wise i think when he's paired up with a more athletic central defender, say, i don't know manuel akanji um they can play off each other well um to each other's strengths weaknesses etc um and then obviously that opening pass out of defense even though you know diallo is capable of that and and akanji is capable of that matsuma is is capable of that like almost no other central defender uh in the last i don't know eight nine years and uh as such i think it adds like you said a spark of creativity Playing out of the bag, which is obviously something that Lucien Favre likes. So I think it, it actually slots in rather nicely. So you can kind of see that, that axis building between the central defenders, the central midfielders, and then funneling through Roy, Sancho, Gutze, et cetera, uh, moving forward. So it, from a sporting perspective, I think it makes sense. Uh, I think it makes Dortmund better. Uh, than they were without him, um, especially given the amount of very young central defenders that are still in a development phase. Yeah, Lars, if you want to add to that, uh, which is your favorite combination of, of the possible combinations now? Uh, is it Akanji and, and Hummels, like Matthias said? I mean, assuming Hummels isn't coming to Dortmund as a bench player, Uh, that that's the only really viable option there is, in my opinion, uh, unless, of course, we are still considering Julian Weigel a center half, which I'm not sure we should. But, you know, Hommels is not only not, not predominantly, he's basically exclusively a left sided center half, which excludes any combination with him and uh, up to Diallo and Danaxel Zagadou. So, I mean, you are left with Manuel Akanji, which isn't a bad place to be left at because obviously they match up really well as Matthias alluded to. And 
I think uh, Akanji kind of struggled, especially in the second half of the season after coming back from his uh, relatively long injury spell with the weight of uh, expectations that were leveled upon him as, you know, the, the Abwehrchef, as we say in Germany. So the, 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 the chief of the backline or whatever. I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to benefit quite nicely of having Hummels at his side, who's obviously going to demand more attention in terms of, you know, being in that leadership role for the backline. So, both in a sporting uh, sense and uh, maybe on a, a meta level, it makes uh, a lot of sense to me to pair up Hummels and Akanji for them. You know, the important games and as Hummels is growing older, he's going to be 31 by December. He's obviously not going to play 50 matches from uh, start to finish. So there should still be plenty of opportunities for Diallo if he stays, obviously, and Zagadou. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, probably time to say goodbye for, for Umar Toprak uh, at this point. Um, obviously, we don't know what the plans are for Leonardo Balerdi. <laughs> so we have to see about that. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you too. Um, I think uh, Akanji and, and Hummels uh, should make a formidable centre-back pairing. And I think it's also time then for Akanji to step up even more in terms of... Um, his build-up play, because we all know that uh, opponents will make sure to mark Hummels as, as well as they can. And uh, yeah, it's it's certainly nice to know that Hummels' build-up play can help Dortmund in a sense if, if Lucy Favre still sticks predominantly as he did in the last season with the uh, duo of Delaney and Axel Witzel, that there is something you know, some playmaking capability even from, from the back line. We all know that Hummels can provide that. And uh, that should make Dortmund way more well-rounded, I think, and uh, a whole nother beast because in, in modern football, we've seen it over the last five, six, seven years, uh, is that, you know, the build-up play with the with the centre-back like Mats Hummels uh, makes you so much more dangerous because it, it just gives you options. And uh, I hope that Lucien Favre will find a way to really utilize that. And uh, I don't know if... Uh, He will be allowed the uh, outside of the boot pass as he's uh, shown so often in, in previous times at, at Dortmund until I think uh, Thomas Tuchel uh, forbade it a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm actually quite excited about the transfer and I, I really uh, hope that, that he lands well. Um, Matthias, is there anything that uh, makes you doubt the transfer um do you think there's a problem with the transfer fee do you think it's too high too low what what's your take on that well i think uh, the transfer fee is just about right uh given how much the market's inflated even just over the last three seasons um it is and i and i'm ignoring the bonus payments because those are performance based if all those boxes get ticked well then who cares? Because Dortmund's made a lot more money than the extra $8 million that they have to pay for it. So I'm going to call it about a wash versus what they got for him versus what they're paying for him, um, which if you can get a player of the quality and caliber of Mats Hummels for essentially a wash of what uh, you sold him for uh, three seasons ago, uh, knowing that bookkeeping doesn't quite work that way, but still, 
Um, I, I have no problems with it. Uh, it's reported that he's taking a, a pay cut, um, to, to come to Dortmund, which says a lot, obviously, about, um, not just Dortmund in general, but a destination for Mats Hummels that he could have arguably have gotten on the phone with any number of teams, uh, say Juventus or an Inter or a Premier League side that would have probably paid him more or if not the same that he was making at Bayern. Um, transfer fee probably would have been a little bit more inflated or about the same. So uh, I think it's it's a move also kind of coming from the heart for Hummels and I'm going to accept that. And so the only negative thing that I see coming out of this is obviously you can see certain uh, corners of Twitter literally losing their minds over this in a negative sense. Um, and just like they did when Mario Götze came back, um, I, I think after a couple of good matches, It'll all, all be forgotten and moved on. This is just in a vacuum of no club football going on right now. Uh, people's predictable emotional reactions, which they're completely entitled to, which is okay. But equally, equally, we're entitled to not overreact quite so emotionally. Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand people that say that they're, let's say, a little bit irritated or irked by that comeback. And uh, I mean, the way Hummels left, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a bit of burnt soil, if you want to call it that. Uh, I remember the 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 back and forth and Hummels talking about having sleepless nights, and then of course Dortmund preemptively shut it all down with the ad hoc news uh, for, for the stock exchange, which obviously was not as necessary as necessary as, as they claim to be, uh, as they claim it was. Otherwise, they would issue a stock exchange news uh, for almost every other transfer. Certainly that year in 2016 with uh, Mkhitaryan Ginuan leaving, I think these other players uh, were well, maybe not as important, but also pretty important. And then, of course, Hummels calls it a Drecksmitteilung. What, what, what's the best translation? A filth, filthy message? <laughs> I don't know. Um It's just a shitty message was what Hummel said. And then uh, I remember quite clearly because I was there reporting on that game. And so then uh, he was booed quite heavily in the Westfalenstadion. And after the match, he said um, that it's just like 300 people or so. And <laughs> just a small group of fans. It definitely wasn't just a small group of fans. So that caused further irritations. But uh If I remember correctly, um, Hans-Jochen Watzke said after this season that uh, he is always welcome to come back. And I think he has now taken up on that offer. So, um, yeah, I'm actually quite excited. Um, especially seeing how, uh, he will also add up with Nico Schulz. So, uh, Dortmund's left side, at least 50% of that back line, uh, will be very new. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know uh, if Schulz will play regularly or Hakimi or what the plans are, but, uh, there's certainly, as you just said, Matthias, a lot of depth now. And I can already foresee quite the injury malaise for Dortmund. So I, I really hope, um, that the depth will finally be enough for Dortmund to, uh, you know, go through the more difficult months, uh, where injuries and, and niggles and knocks and so on add up that uh, they rotate accordingly and and can soften the blow. So, yeah, 
overall, I think we here at the Yellow Wallpot are actually quite content with this transfer. I'm uh, interested to know what other people think about it. Um, but yeah, for, for now, um, I'm happy. Lars, any final thoughts? Yeah, maybe just generally uh, on the corners of Twitter that uh, Matthias alluded to earlier. Uh, and, and their claim to just generally dislike uh, what we call Rückholaktion, so getting players back after selling them a couple of years ago. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, examples over the last few years with... Uh, Let's say the examples have mixed reviews. Yeah, with Nuri Shahin, <laughs> Mario Götze, Shinji Kagawa, uh, and now Mats Hummels. And fingers crossed, maybe Ilkay Gundogan too, uh, in, in, at some point in the not so distant future. And I, I just want to generally say, uh, no, you people, you aren't against getting players back or people back. Generally speaking, you are against getting players back who hurt you before. Because obviously, uh, if, if Gundogan were to come back after his clean exit, to Man City, you know, people would be elated to have a world-class midfielder in their fold. And if, uh, by uh, the grace of God, Jurgen Klopp would eventually return to Dortmund in, in however many years, I mean, they, they would basically uh, uh, call for city-wide celebrations in Dortmund. <laughs> and, and when Nuri Shahin did return, nobody better than I, because he was, you know, a, a local guy that everybody loved and Everybody forgave him for basically toying with the emotions of Dortmund fans just as much as Mats Hummels did before he left for Bayern. So, no, you're not against getting people back in fold. Uh, generally, you are just hurt by both Götze and Mats Hummels leaving for direct competition. And that's obviously fine. Uh, you know, that's an emotion you are more than entitled to. But, you know, just be honest with yourselves and also everyone else and, and don't make this into a grandstanding argument on transfer strategy or whatever it's 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 more of an emotional reaction which is fine but you know you have to uh, admit to it as much yeah uh, v very true um so Lars, let me ask you this um if Mats Hummels, uh, did not have a history with Borussia Dortmund and fans did not get hurt How differently do you think this transfer would be perceived by Dortmund at this point? I mean, first of all, I don't think there's any chance Hummels even comes to Dortmund without the history and without his obviously his previous uh, allegiance uh, and and obviously the relationships he has with mm, the likes of Hansi Orin Watzke and whatever. But I mean, Dortmund presumably or in the eyes of many lost the title last season because they were frail in defense and lack leadership. I mean, we, we've, we have, and we could spend a lot of time debating whether that's true or not, but you know, the, the general consensus seems to be that they were too weak defensively and didn't have the right mentality to push for the title in, in the uh, games that, that went against them. And I mean, if you could draw up a solution for those two problems, you would probably come to the uh, conclusion that Mats Hummels would be a pretty perfect fit. So getting him while weakening uh, your direct rival for the Bundesliga title, I mean, that would be considered a slam dunk. And even for a somewhat hefty fee for a 30-year-old, uh, you know, the, the 30.5 million, 
I mean, uh, Juventus paid 45 or, or something north of 40, let's, let's say, uh, that much, uh, for Leonardo Bonucci one year after shipping him off to Milan. And he was pretty bad at Milan and people at Juventus or a lot of fans anyway still hate him after, you know, one season now. Uh, but you know, they made that deal just because Leonardo Bonucci is a world class defender. And I would say that Mats Hummels is very much in that discussion still. I would go as far as saying that on the ball, I don't know that there are many or even two or three defenders in the world that are better. Obviously, uh, you know, in terms of pace and he's, he's not necessarily, uh, what you would draw up for, you know, a center back in the modern game and, He's entering his Christian Wurns and uh, Jürgen Kohler kind of Jürgen Kohler kind of yeah, yes. Yeah, but Christian Wurns is überragend. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, people would be absolutely elated to get a signing like this done. So uh, I mean, we can't expect people to be, you know, this this neutral or analyzing over what obviously is an emotional affair. But I mean, if if one were to take that viewpoint. They would come to the conclusion that this is a very smart deal for Dortmund, I would think. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, Matthias, uh, to twist the knife a little bit further, um, Lars just said that, you know, I think he thinks that Bayern are weakened by this. I would very much agree what you think, especially in a light of uh, Jerome Boateng probably also leaving and that leaves them with Zule Pavar and Lucas Hernandez and whoever else might come or, or my the you know very young center back well i mean obviously it weakens them in central defense because really zula is your veteran now and zula is an extremely good central defender um but i would say boateng or hummels had a higher footballing iq uh than niklas zula uh, zula is probably the better pure defender but when it comes to playing from the back the opening up all that kind of stuff um he's he's not Hummels or Boateng but it could also mean that Bayern just want to play differently Pavard did didn't really um shine with Stuttgart this last season let's put it that way despite no, winning no, the world cup so much no. uh Luca Hernandez also I mean, he's good he's young I mean they're both young developing central defenders and as we know as Dortmund supporters Young's developing central defenders can be absolutely amazing or absolutely atrocious there seems to be very little middle ground so in a defensive sense uh, this clearly weakens them because they're still hell-bent on getting rid of Boateng which at that point you have to look at it and go so you are going to go with these three guys as your central defensive partnership Okay, good luck. Um, I think uh, it definitely makes makes Bayern weaker in that part of the field when compared to Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, if you have three options named Zule, Boateng and Hummels, that's uh, basically world class. Um, although all three players, although Zule, I think, to a lesser extent, uh They all struggled with form at some point, especially in the first half of the season. I, I thought Hummels made a lot of mistakes, but I can also remember uh, a couple of cock-ups from Boateng here and there um, that certainly piled on. So, um, yeah, these guys were getting old. Yogi Löw at some point, I think, said, no, thanks, I'm good. So we have to consider that 
But nevertheless, I, I think it's it's quite of a blow to Bayern. But um, I mean, it's fair enough. They need to focus on the future a little bit too and uh, overhaul their old guard a little bit. I mean, the guys from Mirzan Rot basically maligned also that Mats Hummels is, is a guy in the dressing room and that already messes uh, with the hierarchy again because Ribéry and Robben uh, are leaving as well. So um, I don't know what that means for Bayern Munich in that volatile um area where uh you know there are always a lot of infights and drama behind the scenes going on apparently or the uh tabloids want to make you think so um yeah but i i think we can leave it here um matthias thanks again for coming on and so to you last as well uh if you guys want to uh tell me your twitter handles please go ahead matthias uh, as per usual, it's at Matthias Huck, and it was a pleasure to come back and talk about one of my historically favorite Borussia Dortmund players. We'll see if see if that comes back here in the future. And Lars? My Twitter handle is at Lars Polman, and I don't have any strong personal feelings towards Mats Hummels, positively or negatively. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, but I hear you are very excited that Kati Hummels is back in town. Yes, my uh, Instagram game obviously needs uh, some picking up now that uh, the Instagram queen, obviously, of ba basically <laughs> Europe, I would say. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't peruse Instagram, but obviously I'm going to start now. All right. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, maybe next show you can also tell us what your Instagram handle it's is. It's Lars Polman. Crazy enough. <laughs> I didn't know you were on no, Instagram. No, I, I, I made uh, a profile so nobody can use my name, which, I mean, <laughs> might be a bit arrogant for a guy with like 7,000 Twitter followers, but you never know. I don't know. Uh, it's it's not a bad idea. Um, anyway, you can find me at Stefan Butzko. And a uh, short announcement, we already recorded the Yellow Wall Pod Season Awards. And uh, usually I would be editing those right now. I've already started, but the post-production is a little bit more adventurous than per usual. So uh, please hang in there. But it will air either tomorrow or the next day, depending on uh, what I think is best uh, to get a little bit air of this emergency podcast and then the next one. So please keep looking out for that. We will have uh, more content coming up. And uh, as always, you can get in touch with all of us at Yellow Wallpot. And if you want to contribute financially, go to patreon.com slash the yellow wall. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. And as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Until next time.